Hello and welcome. My guest today is Brad Lancaster. Brad is a YouTuber who runs the channel Discover Connection, which has more than 570,000 subscribers. On the channel, he runs interesting experiments and then documents them for us to watch, like crossing the United States on zero dollars. That's right, zero dollars. Asking Mexicans to cook dinner at their house, getting a tattoo with a stranger, and much more. What I admire about Brad is his ability to be vulnerable, authentic, real. You'll sense that in this conversation. He also has worked with Yes Theory. So this is a guy who really is on a mission to discover himself. And because of that, we got along great. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Brad. And if you do, please send it to somebody you think will enjoy it as well, whether that is through text message, Instagram story, Instagram, make a post about it, or tweeting it out. All of it helps grow the show. And I appreciate anybody and everyone who not only listens, so thank you, but also who shares the show. It helps it grow, and I appreciate you tremendously. So now, let's get right into the episode with Brad Lancaster. Brad, thank you for coming on the podcast. Super excited to dive into you, your story. Your channel is something that is so, it hits me at such a deep level because that's what I'm trying to do as well in my own way through this podcast is Discover Connection. So thank you so much for being here. Dude, thank you for having me. What is connection? What is connection? Mm. That's an interesting question. Well, I guess let me explain. Um, that can go right into like the why, like why I do the channel and everything. <clears throat> uh, basically, I don't know what connection is. Connection is something that I really struggle with in my life. And the reason that I'm doing the channel is because I struggle with connection and I'm trying to figure out how to bring more genuine connection back into my life and just understand what it is. Uh, so really I'm, I'm still trying to figure out that answer. I'm, I'm, I'm on the mission of trying to find that. And the channel is an exploration. Yeah. You trying to figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. What I love about it so much of the videos that I've watched is how open and vulnerable you are about your own struggles with this thing. Because it could be, it someone in your position might say to themselves, well, I'm the expert on connection. Look at all the ways in which I'm teaching connection. But you said, no, like I, I struggle with this too. And I still struggle with this, even though I've put out all these videos on connection. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to be the expert. I mean, I hope at some point, like maybe five, 10 years down the road, I've done enough work. I've done enough research that I could be that person, but like, there's no way that I can do that right now. Like there's maybe a lot of insights that I've gained from, from what I've done so far, but there's no way that I'm an expert right now. And I don't want to be that. And I think it would do a disservice to the people that are watching. If I, if I tried to be that expert, um, I think it's, it's more impactful having somebody that you can look at and relate to and be like, Oh damn, I'm just like him. Like I struggle with that too. And then it, it, it becomes possible for them to have like the change in their life. Yeah. Well, even though you say you're not an expert, you did say something in a previous podcast that really hit me at a deep level, mm. which is you can only connect with someone else as much as you've connected with yourself. Mm -hmm. What does that mean exactly? Yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I think over the past, like I said, I don't even know how long I've been doing it for. 
I think it's been around, around four years now. Um, but I've always been, I've realized in the past like year or so, year and a half, that I've, I've been chasing something. I've been searching out of my, outside myself for something. Um, and it was always something to do with like people. And no matter what, I've just realized that this like sense of emptiness and loneliness is always just tagged along with me like a ball and chain. It's just chained to my ankle and it, no, no matter where I go, it keeps coming with me. For all your life? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, yeah, for the, for the most part of my life, yeah. Um, and it wasn't until the past, yeah, year and a half, two years that I realized like, oh, wow, like it's really like I'm just really disconnected from myself. And the reason that I can't connect with people around me and why I feel so lonely is because I've really never looked at that. I've never tried to go through any of the work to, to, to deal with any of it. So break that down for me. What exactly did you do? I mean, I, I still haven't really, I'm still struggling with it. I'm still trying to figure out what the path is to, to, to connecting with myself and how to love myself and, and stuff. Like I, I genuinely am still on that journey and I, I still struggle with it. Okay. So yeah. Oh, this makes me so happy that you're on that journey and that you want to, because I feel as if I'm on the journey too, but I started this three and a half years ago and I feel so much love for myself, mm. so much connection to self, to other people. Yeah. And I would love to like, you know, tell you about some of the processes that I've, I've gone through and yeah, yeah. see if they resonate with you. Yeah. So first thing was meditation. Have you tried meditation? I've tried it, but I keep, uh, getting out of the habit. Okay. So yeah, I need to be more consistent with it for sure. So break it down for me. What does that mean exactly? What, what do you mean? What does that mean that you get out of the habit? I just like, yeah, I mean, ideally I'd like to create a consistency of, of like meditation, but like I'll do it for five, 10 days and then I'll just completely break it. And then it'll go like 30 days, 40 days. And I just haven't meditated at all. And I get stuck in the stress and the anxiety of like work and life and all that. Okay. So what do you think? Why on day five to 10, do you stop doing it? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I think, uh, I'm not too sure. Yeah. It's something I got to figure out. Yeah, well, I mean, we all meditate every day. Yeah. Whether we realize it or not via like taking a shower, mm. like you shower. So it's like just being there with your thoughts in the shower is a form of meditation. We just don't view it like that mm -hmm. typically, but having a committed practice of sitting down and making it as comfortable for yourself as possible and having somebody you need to, who expects you to do the thing. Mm -hmm. has, has been helpful for me at least. And so it was only on day 90 when I looked at and was sitting at a, a traffic light. And as I'm sitting there, I noticed my body get tense and get anxious. And I was like, oh my God, I've been getting anxious at this traffic light every single time I come to it. Now I can change it. Mm. But because of the awareness, yeah, I, I could change it. And that's what meditation gave me. And once that happened on day 90, then it became a forever thing. Yeah. So it's similar to like going to the gym. Yeah. But the first few steps is just getting to that awareness and then you can start to break the pattern. Yeah. And, and establish something new. Yeah. So, so tell me about like other ways in which you've gone about connecting with yourself, whether it's been successful or unsuccessful. Hmm. I mean, I try to journal a lot, try to do meditation, um, yeah, I feel like I, there's like a resistance to, to being with myself, I think. 
I think there's like a strong resistance and I usually tend to, to go and distract myself with like work or social media or, or whatever it is. And I feel like there's definitely a resistance to sitting with it. It's uncomfortable and, um, I get lost in it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Tell me more. Oh man, I don't know. Like, what, what, like ask a question that I can go deeper with this. Yeah. Well, where is the resistance coming from? I think I'd have to still kind of figure that out. I think like I'm, I'm really still on the journey. Like, I feel like you're also catching me in a point where I have been kind of lost over the past couple months, really stressed and, and really out of the, the, the habit of trying to like take care of myself and connect with myself. Like I've just been for the past, like four, three to four months, it's just been nonstop editing. And editing. I, I usually don't do much else other than that. And then it's like this pattern of like, I am so focused on like trying to get this like series done and get this editing done that then I'm stressed. It brings up the loneliness cause I'm like sitting alone editing in front of a computer. And then you go to like, I go to basically do something to, to feel something better, which is like distract myself with social media or something. And then I'm like, Oh, I'm behind on work again. So then I double down even more on work and then I isolate myself from yeah, the world and people and stuff. It, it's it's an interesting other side of me. Like I, I have this this side of human connection and the stuff that I really believe in, um, and it's all really real for me. But then there's this other part of me that I really still struggle with, and I'm trying to get to the other side. Well, it's like it's so funny when you create connections with people virtually. Mm-hmm. It often requires you to spend time by yourself mm-hmm. to create the actual thing. Yeah, yeah, like even for writers, it's like you have to spend time alone to connect with others through the book for podcasters like you have to spend time with the other person like editing in your thoughts or and then for video creators it's like you have to be behind the screen by yourself usually creating the video it's a very isolating job yeah not not a lot of people really realize what they're getting into when they get into this stuff it's very very isolating and unless you like are lucky and you have a group of friends or people around you to to like build something with it's very isolating do you feel like you have that um no, I think so. That's that's been, I think, one of the biggest struggles for me in trying to create this channel is like, I don't I don't care about getting to a million subscribers. I really don't care about that. The biggest thing, my biggest win, would be me finding like my my family to create with, my my brothers, my sisters to like build a team with and create with. That's the number one thing that I want in the world. Like, I I really could not care less if I get to a million subscribers. I just want to have those people that I can create the thing that I believe in and the stories that I, I really love and go out and experience the world and, and yeah, tell these stories with. Um, and, and that would make me just so happy, but I haven't been able to fully find that yet. And what makes that so important to you? I don't know. I think, I think, I mean, just in general, like having people to having that community, having people to create with, um, it doesn't have to be for work or anything like that, but for me, like it's, it's been, I think in general, it's just really important to have that community around, but for me, it's extra important. I think because like, I don't really have a good, like I said, I struggle with human connection, right? I don't have a good family life. Um, I grew up and, um, 
<clears throat> yeah, it, my, and I'm trying to figure out how to how to word this because I gotta watch a little bit what I say. Um, I grew up in a very narcissistic environment. I'll, I'll just say very emotionally abusive. Um, my dad, when I was younger, he tried to kill himself. Um, tried again once in COVID um, because of the narcissism in my family and just like all the emotional like stuff going on. The one side of my family just completely abandoned us when I was a kid. So all my aunts, uncles, grandparents, cousins just ceased to exist in my life. Never got a birthday message, never had a family Christmas dinner or anything. Like every, my, my other side of the family was all gone. They're all dead. It just, they just weren't around. Um, so I grew up like having those aunts, uncles and grandparents when I was younger, and then they're just gone. They just like a, a abandoned me really. Um, and then my actual like family, we were, we're not really close. There's a lot of fighting. It's just, I always felt kind of like the odd one out a little bit. And, um, growing up, I would watch these shows and these documentaries and these things. Like I watched the buried life and it was an old show on MTV. I was about four friends who had a bucket list, hundred things they wanted to do before they died. And for everything they did on their bucket list, they helped a complete stranger do something on theirs. And, uh, just seeing the brotherhood that these guys had was like, damn, that's, that's it. Like it just sparked something inside of me that I was obsessed with. And I really wanted to find that for myself. Um, and there was a bunch of other different documentaries and shows and stuff. And then like, yes, theory came around and it was like that same thing, that same like group of friends doing something, experiencing the world, telling stories. And like, for some reason, yeah, then storytelling became the thing. I don't know. It just became like my passion as well. Like I was like, I want to tell stories like this one day. Um, and it was always like the North star that I was looking for to like find my sense of home and sense of family. Like that, that thing that I felt like I was missing, it felt like I found that in those, um, environments. And, uh, yeah, I've been trying to figure out how to build that for myself. And it's interesting because it's like, it's brought me on a, um, pursuing it has created more loneliness than anything. Wow. Yeah. It's been tough. It's like, I remember having, I, I, I had like a group of friends in high school that we were really tight and, um, eventually it just kind of fell apart because everyone went to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I stayed back a year in Canada. We do this thing for some reason in Ontario where a lot of people return for a year. You just like go back to high school for one more time. You just party really? <laughs> yeah. or like you were like really dumb and you didn't treat high school really well and you like didn't get good grades. So you need to like level up like a certain grade so you can get into school. So people would go back, but I, I just went back cause I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I just wanted to party. Um, so it makes you feel any better. I did the exact same thing in college, another extra year just yeah, for yeah, party. Yeah. And, uh, eventually like I went back for another year and then I took another year off and then it was like, all we did was just drink. We went out, we smoked and did gaming and stuff. And I just started to feel really like lost. And I was like, this isn't what I want. And I still had that, that North star of like that group and like there was like a purpose behind like everything that I did and I was like that's what I'm like looking for and like just sitting here gaming and getting drunk every weekend like I literally I remember just being at this bar this one time and I it was like everything just slowed down and I, I just felt empty and everyone was talking and they're all drinking and having a good time and I was like 
I don't want to be here. And I just like got up and I just like was like, I, I'm going to go home. And I just kind of slowly started to fade away after that. I started looking at going to school for film and uh, ended up leaving all my friends, went to film school. And I was like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to find this for myself now. I uh, went to film school, had a good group of friends there, but it was kind of similar thing. Like we partied a lot. Um, I really didn't want to be in actual film school. It was all like Hollywood style film. I had to do a bunch of like English classes and stuff. I was like, I just want to make films. Like I don't want to do any of this. So I ended up dropping out and then I was like, I, I need to like, like leave this area. Cause like if I, if I just stay around here, I'm just going to continue working at the bar that I'm working at. I'm not going to pursue actually like doing this. So I saved up like 10 grand. I worked like crazy hours. I worked like I managed this bar and then I would work in the mornings cooking and I would go there at night and like manage the bar. And I ended up like paying off my student debt and then saving up like 10 grand. Um, and then I was like, I'm just going to go and travel. I'm going to travel. I'm going to start telling stories. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I'm going to just figure it out. And I really wanted to do this like hitchhiking across Canada because I was really inspired by like, there was an old vice documentary with David Cho. Um, there's a couple other ones like Craigslist Joe. He like, went across America surviving off like the kindness of people on Craigslist, which is only Craigslist. Wow. And I just like loved those stories. I'm like, I got to do something. Like, I really want to do something like this for myself. Um, but then for some reason I decided, I was like, you know what? I want to go down to see these yesterday guys. Why? Um, they just really inspired me. And, and for some reason I just wanted to go down and like meet them. And I, I had this idea for, instead of me doing the hitchhiking by myself, I'd have like three different groups of people going and it'd be like this kind of like, you'd cut back and forth between these three different experiences. And I was like, who would be like a really good group of people to like to do this? And it was like, yes, Siri would be like the perfect group. So I decided to go down there and just like pitch them a project. And I like found their house online and I just like flew down and knocked on their door. No way. Yeah. And I had like this like horrible, horrible video pitch that I made. It was brutal. I look back at it now. <laughs> like, I can't believe I flew down there to, to show them this. Um, but I knocked on the door. Long story short, um, ended up getting a job with them, uh, editing for them for like six months. So I left my friends in high school, kind of circling back now, left my friends in high school, left my friends in college, went down to Yes Theory, and I was like, okay, this is it. Like, I just, I made it. Like, this is my dream. Like, I'm, I'm with the people that I, like, was so inspired by him in the environment that like lit that spark inside of me. Um, but then I started to notice that I felt even more lonely when I was down there. And I was like, I, I wasn't ever fully a part of it. I was like, I was an editor and like, no hate towards them or anything. Um, they were going through a really busy time. Like Will Smith had just said, yes, like things were blowing up for the channel for them. So they were like all over the place. Um, but I felt, I really felt that I was like, just like an editor and I wasn't like, I was like on the outside and that made me feel even more lonely because it's like I'm looking for that community, that place where I feel like home, right? And I never, never found it. So eventually after like three months, they all left. They all left and started traveling um, like Europe and Asia and stuff. And they were doing those videos at that time. It was like back in like 2018. And that was like the thing that just like broke the straw or the straw that broke the camel's back or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just like edit started going from like me doing one in like a week or two weeks to like it wasn't getting done for like three weeks, three and a half weeks. And it was just taking me longer and longer. And I was just getting lost and feeling out of it. And uh, I was like, I don't know if I really want to be here anymore. And Thomas 
the one day it was like I was in the process of maybe getting me my visa and he could tell that like something was off and uh he just asked me like what do you want like what do you want to be down here um we chatted about it and I told him where I was at and he's like I think you you really want to do your own thing you should leave and, and pursue that and we're gonna find somebody who like really really wants to be here and then I was like yeah I think I think that makes a lot of sense so I left again and then I'm pers- I, I go back to Canada, go visit my parents, and I hitchhike across Canada and do my first series to launch the channel. But then I'm in a new city again where it's like, oh man, now I have to like make friends here. And then I would need to pursue this like idea of building this channel. So I'm trying to build this channel, and the only way I can do that is working a job. So I have to work this bartending job so I can afford to make videos, but I have no time to make any friends because I'm editing all these videos, trying to come up with ideas and build this whole channel while having to work the, the bar job. And then all of a sudden, like COVID hits a couple years later. And then it's like, oh man, this whole, like just pursuing, pursuing this like dream, it takes a lot of work. And I think it, 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 it isolates you a lot. And it, it, it yeah, it just brought a lot more loneliness basically into my life. And then now, like I moved down to Austin, it's like, again, like a whole new group of people I got to meet, a bunch of new friends. And it's like, you're always on the outside. And it just, it's, I've been constantly just running around trying to find that place where I feel home. And uh, yeah, something about this whole journey has, has, has brought a lot of that. Wow. I don't know if any of that made sense, but. Holy it did. <laughs> no, no, it definitely, it made sense. It's so fascinating to hear your perspective on that. And, and to hear you talk about it like that, because I think a lot of people from the outside looking in would be like, all right, well, you were at yesterday, so you must've had a lot of friends and felt a lot of connection. All right. You went back home. So you probably felt a lot of connection at home. All right. You're in Austin, Texas. I'm like, probably Austin should start paying me as, because I'm like, I feel so much connection here, so much Mm -hmm. love, so much joy. Um, but it's cool to hear your own experience of like, no, it wasn't like that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and also. I, I want to go back to the, the yesterday piece of like, why did they accept you? Because a lot of people are in this position of like, they want to work for their favorite creator, their favorite person, their favorite, they want to work with them in some capacity. So like, what about your application? Would you say, was it a good video? Did they say? Well, I mean, I didn't even apply really. I, I pitched them the idea to, to come and like do this trip across Canada. I was like, yeah, I should come do this series. <laughs> like, this is the series. Like I got a trailer for it. Um, and they're like, yeah, we don't got time for that. And I was like, I had no, that, that makes sense. That's totally fair. Um, and then, uh, I left that day and I was like, it was nice to meet you guys. Like, thanks for, I mean, at least letting me just like show this to you. And I left. And, uh, then Amar texted me like later that day and he's like, dude, let's go grab lunch or something. I think, yeah, he's like, let's go grab lunch. Um, wait, no, this is a, like four years ago. So I got to remember how it happened. Um, or no, I think he, they, they asked me to basically like help them out. Cause you'd seen my like Instagram. I've been taking pictures and they had this video that was not really great with color grading. And they're like, do you think you could like fix this up? Just the color grading. I was like, yeah, n- no problem. So like, I think it was that day that I literally like went and just like helped color grade their video. I was like, sweet. Thanks for the opportunity. And then I left. Um, and then, wow, I really don't remember how this happened now. 
to be honest. But basically, I help them out with a little bit of stuff. And then there's a lot of in-between that I can't really remember. And I... Wow. This is really blank me right now. Basically, I'm, I'm, this is going to be the actual story because I can't really remember. But basically, I offered to just work for them for free. I had flown down twice after the first one. I came back down again. I think it was at, at that point where I was just like, look, I really want to work for you guys. I have the 10 grand saved up that I was going to travel with. Like, I'll work for you for free. I'll get my own place. And they're like, dude, like as much as we would love that, we we can't. Like we have we have two editors already. And I was like, damn, okay, like no problem. And he, Amar was like, um, dude, I really appreciate that you just like offered that and stuff. Like, let's go grab lunch. And then he ended up like not answering for a couple days. And I thought it was just like done. So I was about to fly home. And he's like, he texts, I sent him one last message. like, hey, dude, like, I really love to still grab lunch with you. Let me know. I got to fly out tomorrow. Um, just let me know if, if you're still free. And he's like, dude, I'm so sorry. We've been really busy. Let's go meet up right now. And then that day, they decided to get rid of their two interns. I have no idea why. They were just like, they got rid of the two interns. He's like, do you want to come by and edit a video right now? And I was like, yeah. So I literally, that minute, I went back to the house, edited one of their videos. It was like telling strangers, I love you or something like that. Um, Edited that. And then they were like, oh, that's pretty good. And then they're like, you want to do another one? And I just never left. Wow. And then I just stayed there and I, I stayed in like, the, actually I was staying in their laundry room for like the first little bit all the rooms in the house were full and they had a laundry room with these two bunk beds with all their shit like everywhere and stuff it was so funny but, like we have this spot if you want to where do you sleep like on the bunk bed like there was a, the bunk the bottom bunk was like clean and there was a bunch of just stuff everywhere else um, but then after like a month um, another room opened up and then I stayed in the garage in this like two bedroom garage that they had at the time and uh yeah, I stayed there for like six months after that. But I think for, to answer your question, um, I don't know. I think I, I, it was timing. It was luck. It was showing that like I, I wanted to work. I was serious about it. Um, and it just happened to be the right opportunity at the right time that, that worked out. Um, and it's a lot more easy. I mean, I wouldn't recommend just going down and flying and knocking on people's doors. Like a lot of the times that's not going to work. Majority of the times it's not going to work. Um, I don't know. I think it just, I had the value that, that it, they needed at the time and it was just good timing. Yeah. And, and the audacity, like that, I think that like showed something where they're like, you know what, let's give him a shot. Like he came all the way down here. If you can find a creative way to show that kind of stuff, I think it, it helps. What did you learn about yourself in that process? If. <laughs> I think, um, I gained a lot more confidence in like myself and my abilities. And I noticed a part of me that is just super confident. Like when I went down there, I was like, I'm getting this job. Like there's no way this isn't going to work. But there's a lot of times in my life where that that isn't the case. But for some reason, and I still haven't figured out what the difference is. um, But for some reason with that, I was like, there's literally no chance that this isn't going to work. Like I know 100% I'm going to get this job. Like they can't say no. And for, for some reason, I was just like crazy confident. But it took a lot of confidence to like go and actually knock on the door. I like, I sat down and like before I went and knocked on the door, I was like, I, I walked up. I was like, nope, can't do it. And I walked away and I called my buddies like, dude, you just flew down all the way to fucking LA. You're going to knock on that door right now. I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. So I just went over and did it. And then after that, yeah, it just, it worked out. 
I noticed that theme a lot, like in videos where you're talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're like, ah, I can't do it. Yeah. What is that voice? I don't know. Um, I think there's a big part of me that like, especially when I really, really want something. I was trying to actually think about that the other day. Cause there's like in episode one of like the hitchhiking across America one that we're putting out right now, there's this point where there's like a, a wedding happening yep. and I really wanted to go and talk to these people at the wedding and just be like, cause I know like hands down, there's going to be somebody who'd be like, fuck yeah, dude, you can come to our wedding. That's hilarious. Like I love Video it. King Pablo, insert the footage right here. It's a wedding party right there. It's like, what if we just ask, what are the chances that you invite two random hitchhikers to your wedding? I could have just asked there, but it's like a fear. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I, there's, there's part of me that like didn't, I, it's a really special day for them. Um, and I didn't want to like step on their toes and I was getting, I was overthinking like how they would react to me. And I, I my, my brain went into that mode a little bit more than being like, no, I know if I come with like the right energy, like they're going to be, they're going to be okay with it. And if they say no, it's whatever. Um, but sometimes I get lost in that, that, that voice. It's like, no, no, don't do this. Don't do this. This is bad. Yeah. I'm bad about this. Um, but then there's also the fact that like, there's one shot. And I really like that's an idea that I knew that would make the video like super fun and not even about the video, but like that would just be like a really fun life experience. Like saying that we just walked up to a random wedding and then went in and like had a, had a, a fun time with them. Like I, I love those stories just for life. I love those experiences just for my own life. And I, I really wanted to make that happen, but there was one shot. But when I go around and I knock on strangers doors to cook them dinner, it's like, okay, well I got like. I know I'm going to have to ask like 20 times. So I think there's something there that like makes, there's just so much more pressure on it. And then, and then I start to overthink it too much. I think some part of you is so actually so able to feel other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so because of that, you start putting your own thoughts of what the other person might be thinking, even though it might not be true. Well, that's a hundred percent. Like when I grew up, like, especially with the environment I grew up in, I had to know how to avoid it like my brother and sister always they poked the bear i knew how to get the bear to like to like take a little nap and i could cuddle up with them i knew how to like get myself there and and avoid the issues until i turned into like like i became a teenager and then i started to like push back and i poked the bear a little bit too much um but like i learned how to adapt to what other people needed in order to like avoid getting in trouble or being rejected or doing these things and when I was younger, that translated to me at school. So I originally became like the funny kid. I wanted all the attention. I just would be like a fucking little hooligan. And then I quickly realized that people didn't like that. And then I stopped it. And that part of me just got like shut off. I was like, oh, rejection, bad. Don't do that. Because like that was the one thing I, I didn't want to be like rejected by people, I think, when I was, when I was younger and even still. Um, so then eventually I just became a chameleon. Like in the first few years of high school, like grade nine to 11, I would bounce around to like every friend group, but I, I lost myself completely. And I think that's a part of the journey that I, I'm on is like really trying to figure out like, who the fuck am I? I don't know because for so long, I just molded myself to people forever. And it'd be like, um, I'd be friends with a couple girls and they'd be like talking about how this guy texted them this. I'm like, and they would like make fun of them or they'd be like, that's so fucking weird or whatever this. And I'm like, 
mental note, Kate, don't ever say this, but it's like, it's totally out of context. It's like, I would just put all these rules on me so that I would avoid being rejected or, or not being wanted or not being liked. And, um, yeah, then I just lost myself completely. And so the question becomes, how do you get back to finding yourself? That's the question. That's the journey right now. Yeah. yeah. I think, cause I, I can't wait to, to get to the point where I am really, uh, I've reconnected with myself and to see where that'll take the stories and, and the connections that I, I do create in the future, it's going to be like 10 times different. Um, and like, they're all real, they're real connections, but there's a point to it where like, um, I'll be in my head sometimes and I'm like, I'm overthinking it and then I'm not able to fully connect with them. And it's like, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it sucks sometimes being in that state. Well, how much also impacts what you're doing because it's filmed? Is there a third element of like, there's the connection we're having, but then there's the connection with the viewer who you're trying to triangulate that and make sure it's a good experience for everyone. Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely elements of that for sure. Um, I think the main thing that I'm really struggling with, especially with like the YouTube side of things, um, it's like once I'm actually there, I don't think about it at all. I'm just like, I'm, I'm just connecting with people. Um, but it's the pre, the setup to it where it's like, unfortunately we got to make these videos entertaining. So I'm trying to like basically find the best person. And then it's like, nah, you can't do that. You can't just pick and choose. Like that's the opposite of what this is all about. So then I'm in this constant battle of like, like we were day two on the trip across America. We were going to do 30 days of videos. And I got into this like huge panic attack where it was like day two was not happening. We were, we were going through that like stress where like I, I couldn't ask the wedding. Um, we were like overthinking just like kind of the ethics and everything, like going up to somebody in the bars and it's like, we're walking in, we don't have any money and we sit down at a table and it's like, Hey, can you guys buy us a beer? Like it just felt grimy and weird. It's like, we don't need to do that. It's not, it's not necessary. Um, but at the same time, that's where we would meet the cool people. So like, I was like, oh man, like we're trying to create this experience, but then by trying to create this experience so much, it was taking us out from actually just going up and talking to people. So we went like from four o'clock to 10 PM, just overthinking not even talking to like a single person. It was just a waste of time. And it's like, okay, like screw it. We just had to be like, let go of it. Let's just go talk to somebody. And we had to let go of like trying to make every day this diamond of an experience and every connection to be this perfect connection. Cause that's not a reflection of real life. There's going to be people that you don't like. There's going to be people that you don't vibe with. And there's going to be people that you like feel like they're like family all of a sudden. And that's just life. We're all different. We all have different things that we, we, we do and we don't connect with. Um, and not everything can be perfect. And like, I think that's a lesson I'm still trying to learn and trying to like really integrate into my life. Well, talk to me about the situation where the guy gave you his car. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was wild. Um, yeah. Well, we got, um, I mean, what, what about that? Just like talk about that story. Yeah. Um, so we were hitchhiking in. Fort Worth like we were just getting to Fort Worth and this guy like he's in like the fourth lane over and he just yeets it all the way over to us and we're like holy fuck who is this dude um we get in the car and we tell him about the story and 
he's just like basically yeah we're hitchhiking across america we're surviving off the kindness of strangers he's asking questions about all the things that have happened and stuff and all of a sudden he's like so like would it be cheating if somebody just gave you a vehicle and we were like i mean technically not i mean at that point we would just have to get like gas money he's like all right let me talk to my wife and he drives us home we go meet his wife meet his kids and everything and then he's just like after we were there for probably like a good like hour and a bit just like hearing all about his life really cool dude he was a military vet got his leg blown off and i don't know where he was um but just like crazy crazy story super kind dude um but he's like uh all right boys truck's yours her name's betsy <laughs> he just like gives us the keys and then uh the, the truck's broken now it's it's like really old it wasn't like a great truck um but it's still he gave us a fucking truck like he could have sold it for like a couple grand or whatever he had a couple offers where people were like yeah i'll give you like four grand for it and he was just like nah just like take it and then we had it for like four months and we were driving it around and it's parked outside of my house now the brakes are uh are leaking and it would cost me like 1600 bucks to fix it up and it's like i just don't have the money to to put that into that and it's got like almost three hundred thousand miles on it yeah it's just not worth to like fix up but it was just a really cool like act of kindness that somebody did it was just crazy somebody was giving us a truck wow yeah why do you think we think of people as bad when so many interactions that you actually have with people are people being good and kind so there's this uh do you know the dictionary of obscure sorrows no it's a really really cool uh youtube channel blog whatever um he basically writes words for emotions and thoughts and things that don't have words for them um so there's one called onism which is the realization of how little of the world you'll experience and there he basically does these like poems and like uh all about the word and explains it um and at one point he talks about how we we like to draw monsters on the outside of the map because it guards the unknown it makes us feel safe in the known and i think we do that to to people um it protects us we like to create enemies. We like to create an evil that, that, that gives us something to explain everything that's going on in our lives, the pain, the trauma. And if we have something to attach it to, it's easier to deal with than actually facing the real, the real shit. Um, and I think that's why we think that there's so many bad people. There aren't bad people in the world. There's no bad people in the world. There, there really isn't. Like maybe, okay, you got like your 0.1% psychopaths. But that's like a, that's an outlier. There's no point of even talking about that because the odds of you ever fucking meeting one of them is is just like you, there's no chance. Um, but people like there's no bad people. There's only people who have walls up. They've built up walls, and it's all based off of just traumas and, and things that they've experienced. And if you can learn to connect with people and like break through those walls and connect with them where they're at, I'm still trying to learn how to do that, obviously. But like that's where magic happens like one of my biggest inspirations um is this guy named daryl davis you know daryl davis oh i know daryl davis who is daryl davis absolute legend so daryl davis is this black jazz musician who goes into the kkk and he makes friends with them because he knows deep down there's a human in there there's a human part that he can connect with it doesn't matter like we we got to separate action from the person the person is completely different than their action and he is able to connect with that and from that, magic happens. He's gotten over, like, I don't know how many it is now, but like back when a lot of those documentaries and stuff, he got like two, 300 people in the KKK 
to quit and give their robes to a black man. That's incredible because he believes in that. He believes that there are no bad people. There's like bad actions and we can look at that. We can address those. But like the more that we just like start fighting people with just, oh, we, we, bl- we, we try to tackle these actions with like shame and fear and hate. Like America right now, I mean, just like society in general seems to be more of a place that hates people who hate people. It just doesn't make sense. It's not going to lead us anywhere. It's just going to create more problems and separate us more and more. Like the only way you can do it is just through like genuine love. Now it's easier said than done, but like, let's just focus on that and figure out solutions to get there more. But like, yeah, man, I don't know. I think about that a lot. It's tough. On the micro, Mm. it's thinking about what can you do about it on the micro. Mm. And so something that I practically do is anytime someone reaches out to me with a hate comment or something that is negative, clearly negative in any way, just meeting that with love. Mm. It's a small way of genuinely from my heart, like trying to make the world a sweeter place and better place to live in. And it's like, how do we do that on the day to day? It's like meeting the 0.1% of hate or the 1% with love and slowly transforming it all. Yeah. I think we have to accept like, People like to think like, oh, humanity is good. No, humanity is, well, it's lots of things. It's it's all the negative emotions. It's all the good emotions, but we don't want to accept that. We don't want to accept all of like, like the fear, like all the bad things that people do, they're human. It's a part of your own humanity. And you might be in a place where you're not able to control a lot of the emotions and feelings that you have and they come out in bad actions, but that's a part of your humanity. And you can work with it to make it better, but we don't accept that in other people. It's like Peter Crone talks about it in the way of um, like you have like a dinner party, right? For all your emotions. It's like you want happiness, you want joy, you want all that, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, they can come to the party. But anger, envy, lust, depression, anxiety, nah, fuck those guys. We don't want them coming to the dinner party. But you can't avoid them. They're never going to go away. They're a part of your humanity. They're there to teach you a lesson. They're there to like, they're, they're, they're a part of you. You can't get rid of it, but we want to. And we do that in other people. We do it in ourselves. And that's why there's so many problems in the world. Like I genuinely believe that every single problem that we have as humans stems from trauma. You could give any, any problem and we could reverse engineer it back to the core issue that's driving it is trauma every single problem well it's like man's inability to sit in the room by himself for 20 minutes is the reason why all problems exist Mm. is very similar to exactly what you're talking about Mm. which is like if you sit in the room by yourself for 20 minutes a day you will solve most of your problems Mm. like that's but that's a scary sometimes it can make them go a little bit crazy but well i think you need a little bit of guidance and stuff too sometimes it gets crazy before it gets yeah yeah Potentially. Yeah. For some people, it's like, for for example, they were, I started doing holotropic breath work mm. and I was doing it for 10 minutes. I was like, this is a 40 minute session and I'm doing it by myself. I don't feel comfortable. Doing it. I can't go to this place right now by myself mm. in just the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like I felt uncomfortable with that. Yeah. but And it's like, we have the ability, you have the ability to do it, but I mean, it's so much easier if somebody else can help you lift the table. Yes. You don't have to scratch the floor 
and like ruin the table, just get somebody else to help you lift the other end. Yeah. Like if we can get other people to help, it is better. But it's not to say that you, you sh- a lot of people take that and then they're like, I'm not going to do the work because I can't do it on my own. Well, you got you to gotta still put in the work. And then if you can find help, then that's just like a good benefit. Yeah. So I guess a good question to ask them is like, how do you find the people you can rely on? That I'm really still trying to figure out. I think it also, again, comes down to just like my own trauma and stuff where I feel like I have to do everything on my own and I really struggle to ask for help. Um, so that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on, like finding mentors, finding help. Um, I think it's, it's really tough right now because we don't have like communities that are there to help us out. Like, and I gotta, you gotta pay for trauma work now. It's like, no, that's not how it's supposed to fucking be. You're supposed to be in like communities where you had elders and you had people who had been through the shit and they can help guide you through that stuff because you're a family in your community. You don't have to pay them anything. But now we live in a very like transactional world and society where community is not really a part of it. A lot of our community is like, that's the one thing I, I struggle with this, these big cities. A lot of the communities are always based around some sort of business and stuff. It's not based around like a genuine community. Um, and I think we're missing something there. Um, but it, it's, it's tough for a lot of people because it's like, yeah, you want to get trauma work. You got to pay like 200 bucks an hour. You don't have somebody to go to. You don't have a mentor. Or the mentor is like, what value are you going to provide to me? It's like, bro, that's not how it's supposed to be. It's about like having the community and like supporting each other. Uh, but we just don't have spaces for that anymore. I mean, there are there are spaces out there that, that do have that. Um, it's just harder to find. Well, it's almost like your value is that you're a human being mm-hmm. and that you're here, right? Like yeah. that should be enough. Mm-hmm. But it sometimes seems like it's not enough in a world we're living in. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, we're all measuring up against so many different things, and it's it's tough to um, really connect with that. Because there is elements where, um, yeah, sometimes like I, I'm trying to think about how to put this in the words. So, um, yeah, there, I mean, there is realities where it's like sometimes you aren't enough for other people, but you're always enough as a whole like in the reality of things you're always enough but like it's again it's like that person that you're trying to maybe get the acceptance from you guys might not just like vibe it's just not really the right fit but then you start to measure that where it's like oh wait why why doesn't why don't they like me why doesn't this group of friends like me it's like well you're still enough it just might not be a good fit yes. but then we tell us ourselves a story that like i'm not good enough what what would you say to a kid like that because i feel like what you're you're referring to is like something that I, I struggled with a lot in my like late teens, I would say, where I was like, you know, who am I? Mm-hmm. And and it was only until like finding this podcast, finding the thing that like lights me up for the sake of doing it, where it wasn't about money, but I was really being able to like sit with people for some time that I really start to find myself through this process. Mm-hmm. But like, what would you say to someone like who doesn't know who they are, doesn't know who to connect with? Hmm. I mean, it's tough because I'm still trying to figure it out myself yeah. as well. Oh. But I think, I mean, it's always easier when you're telling other people advice and then it's like, ah, I should probably listen to that to myself. Well, so huh. if I give it a shot, like, I don't know. I think it's like, take the time, like first know, really try to connect with the fact that like you are good. Connect with yourself. Know that it's okay. Like you're, you're good. Um, 
And then really take that time to figure out like what you want, what you love, what sets you on fire and start to like pursue those things. Like not like with like business and creating success and stuff, but like, do you like playing paintball? Like I love playing paintball. And when I was a kid, I had a community of people where I felt like I belonged. And like, that was better than me, like trying to get acceptance from different groups of people just to feel like I belonged. I don't know. I think I might have deviated off of your question there, but no, you answered it perfectly. Yeah. It's like when we are attaching ourselves to something greater than ourselves, mm. it it is easier to find connection. I truly believe that. Yeah, it's just, just like figure out like you have things that you like, you have things that interest you, and like start to figure out, like really tune into um like if if you're you have a group of friends and like they're doing something like you don't want to do and then you do it anyways and then you start to feel lonely because it's like I don't really even like this stuff like you got to really tune into like the internal voice and follow that guidance where it's like no this doesn't really make me excited or happy just don't do it you don't have to do it um but also at the same time don't take it too far where you start to be like really arrogant about it <laughs> and like just like separating yourself from everything else in the world like you got to try things that you don't like to do sometimes as well to to grow and and um, yeah, just to grow, you have to experience new things. So why do you love paintball so much? I don't know. It's just the one place where my mind just shuts off. I just love it. It's like my favorite thing in the world. When was the last time you played? Uh, I played when I was back in Vancouver, uh, during like the pandemic, I started to play, but then money started becoming a little bit tight and I was about to get back into like tournament ball, which I was like super excited about. Um, but then I, yeah, started to struggle with a little bit of money then had to quit. Um, but I think I'm going to hopefully join a team here in Austin at some point when I can get back on my feet. Definitely should, man. Yeah. I would love to run a paintball field myself one day. Really? Yeah. I'd love to own a, like own a paintball field. My ideal goal with like discovering connection is I think again, like every problem in the world stems from trauma and I really would love to build that community space. If I could make discover connection, um, financially like abundant itself um i would use all that money to buy a plot of land build a bunch of cabins on it hire a couple therapists and like community people and basically just host free therapy so like you could come and you could take like a month two months three months off work and you could just take a break take some time to connect with yourself have the resources there have a community of people to surround yourself with be like just regular life stuff like volleyball courts, like beach volleyball on the property. You got a paintball field. You got all these, these these things where you can just get back into life and then reset, recalibrate, deal with a lot of the shit that you haven't done. And uh, that would be like my, my ultimate goal is to do that. What do you think the biggest trauma is that people are dealing with? I don't know. There's so many, man. There's so many. Um, it, it, I don't think you can really pinpoint it. It's, 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 yeah. Do you think it's loneliness? Like... I mean, I think that's like a big collective one right now is this like, um, this lack of genuine real connection and community. I think that's one that a lot of people can relate, relate to. Um, but then it gets like, there's so many nuances and layers to it. It's hard to really pinpoint anything. Um, yeah. Like for me, like I had, I had an interesting, uh, do you know Peter Crone? No, I, I still haven't released this interview cause I, I, for some reason started to second guess it and like overthink it and stuff. But there's this really interesting part where he's trying to like kind of figure out 
uh, a bit of like my past and stuff and trying to figure out where one of the main blocks are. And we're talking about my family, like I talked to you about and like this idea, like where they, they all left us and everything. And he was asking me like, what did that feel like as a kid? Um, I can't really remember my answers. It's like, um, it's like, I'm not good enough. And he's like, that's close, but like, let's get like a little deeper to like close to the bone. And he starts asking me more questions and I give more answers of like what I think it is. And it's like, ah, I mean, I'm not lovable. Um, not good enough. Um, all these, these answers, like it's close, but that's not it. And then we finally get to the one where I'm like, not wanted. Boom. Fucking tears just exploded. It was like that hit the core of what it really was. Just like not, not feeling like just wanted by people by anybody, but even by myself. And it was like, damn, holy. Um, I don't even know why I went on to that story, to be honest. Just needed to get out there. Yeah, it was something about what you said, but um, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I guess you're, you're talking about like, what's the main trauma? It's like, it's all, everyone's is so individual. Yeah. So, okay, so let's go into it then. Not, not wanted. Yeah, I still, I'm, I don't even know what, what, what it would fully be. Um, yeah, not wanted. Um, I mean, sure. Like it even comes up today. Um, like I'm in Texas, I'm in a new city, new friends, and I'm trying to find my community, right? There's a group of people that I've been kind of becoming friends with and they have a really tight knit community, tight knit family. And like I've, I've gone, hung out with them a few times. They've invited me over and, but they have this like group chat where it's like all of them, and they hang out on their own. And, and then sometimes there was this one time where there was this event that they were having and it was supposed to happen on like a Tuesday. I messaged him. I was like, Hey, is this happening tonight? And he's like, Oh shit. Like we had to move it to Wednesday. And I was like, okay. And then I messaged him on Wednesday. I was like, I don't want to like bike all the way over there. Like, is this happening tonight? Like oh no sorry we, like we're still busy it's happening on Thursday and then I messaged him again on Thursday because I was like okay is it like I, I was really excited to go and like hang out um and then he just like didn't answer and it's just like this gut wrenching pain where it's like oh man like they don't they don't even fucking like me they don't even want me to be a, like a part of their like friend group which is not true at all like they they do like me the guy texted me today and he's like man how you doing like like, like let's hang out or something and it's like. I get into these these places where this feeling of not being wanted gives me a perspective that I I measure everything through. Like that's how my reality is perceived through this lens of I'm not wanted when that's not actually reality. The reality is happening and it goes through I'm not wanted and then that's the information I get. And I react based off of that. Now I have to kind of figure out what that is and reverse engineer it or heal it. I don't know. But it's going to take some time, but yeah. Well, what are the other lenses that you view the world through? Because that's not the only one. No, no, no. I have to think about it. I, I've, I've had a few, but they're, it's not coming to mind. Like there's a lot of fear and a lot of like, um, I mean, a lot of it comes up and I can't pinpoint exactly what it would be, but it comes up within like my work and not making videos. Like I've burned out a, a bunch of times where like, there's so many videos that I want to make then I just, I don't make, I freeze. Like there was this one point in college where I really wanted to be the DOP, What's that? the director of photography. Like I'm the guy with the camera and like making all the shots and stuff. Um, and I got the role 
And then the anxiety started to like creep in. And I was like, oh no, like I can't do this. And I like sat on it for a bit, trying to like work my way through it, but it just overwhelmed me to the point where I called my buddy up and I was like, dude, you got to take the role. I like, I'll do, I'll do the gaffer role. Just like, let's just switch. And I gave up the one thing I wanted so much. Um, and just ended up being like a gaffer because of this like fear that I couldn't do it or couldn't control it. It was out of my control. It was like, it could, I could fail. I could fuck it up. And then it just like destroyed me. But then at the same time, I have this unrelenting confidence when I go down to Yes Siri. It's like this weird dynamic that I haven't figured out yet. Um, I don't know. So one lens you view the world through mm. is how can we make this a story? Or how can this be something that I can remember forever? Because you notice that in the in the Yes Theory, you notice that in the wedding, it's like your your lens is like, I want to make a story. You you want your life to be a story in a good way. Mm. I just want to experience the world. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I don't think the lenses that we view the world have to be negative. I mean, like, in, in those cases, it's good to look at them and be like, yeah, like, those are. Yeah, or like another lens is like, I truly believe that everyone in the world is is good. Yeah. So that's what, okay, actually, this is a good example um, of like those lenses. When we were on the trip, a lot of people are like, no, there's no way I'm letting you into my house. Like, I just watched that Jeffrey Dahmer documentary. And it's like, oh, I watched this or that, or like the news. And it's like, the most crazy right now. There's no way I'm letting you in my house. Two guys coming into my house. But then you have this one guy in New York, the first guy that we meet. And he's like, we got this sign. We're like walking around New York. And like, we're there for like literally 15 seconds. He's like, you guys need a place to stay? We're like, uh, yeah. And we had it written down on the sign. It's like, well, yeah, I need can, a place can, to stay. We, it was like, can can we sleep at your, uh, your house tonight? 15 we just, seconds. Yeah. We were just walking around. We, we were, we were in Times Square. We found a piece of cardboard on the ground, wrote the sign, start walking. And then the guy was just like, Oh, you guys need a place to stay. <laughs> but point being is that he was like, the reason I, we asked him, why did he say yes? He's like, Oh man, I've just seen documentaries like this before. I've seen shows like this and it, it inspired me. And I was like, man, if I ever see somebody like that, I want to help them out. So it's two different perspectives that reality is happening, but it's going through that perspective. And then he's taking the information based off of that and be like, fuck yeah, I'll help out. Versus the other people are going through the reality of fear. And it's like, oh, you could be a murderer. And it's like the odds of you ever bumping into a murderer is so slim, like so slim, but like, that's what they base the reality off of. And that's what we base the reality off of. Like just people in the world. It's like, what the media says about the left or the right, it's like, oh, it's going through that filter of like, you're this, you are that. No, what? No, they're not. There's so many nuances to like people. They're not just that. You can't just put a label on them like that. If we interact with it through, there was, there was a guy um, on the trip also, his name was Moon, or that's not his actual name, but that was like a, a nickname that he had. Um, he's a jazz musician in, in New Orleans. Super awesome dude. And, uh, he said it, how did he say it? It was so perfect. Um, but we're basically, yeah, like we're interacting with each other's own perspective of the world, which is, makes it really, really difficult because we're not reacting and, and connecting in reality. We're connecting through our own like traumas, our own perspectives or fears, insecurities. Or love. Or love, yeah. And we're all interacting through that. And then that causes so many problems. It can. Yeah. Yeah. It can cause problems. Yeah. But it could also cause amazing connection. Yes. Yeah. And what I got from this 
from that story was the Marianne Williamson book. I can't remember the name of it, but it was very impactful for me around love in that she stated that we're always deciding and look at the world through either fear or love, which is what you kind of insinuated. And the guy who brought you in was operating out of love mm-hmm. and so many other people yeah. are operating out of fear. Yeah. And the question becomes like the most pivotal question is like, how can you start operating more out of love than yeah, fear? Definitely. Yeah. Has there been anything you've noticed in the people who are operating out of love in your travels and experiences? What like is separate? What, what has separated those people who have uh, operated out of love than fear? No, it's hard to pinpoint that, but it's just like definitely like a perspective, like their experiences maybe of of life, what they've been through, how that would like. Um, yeah, again, like if you're like if you've had a bad experience with a certain group of people or men or uh, a person or whatever it is, you're gonna start to react based more out of that fear, unless you've kind of like processed that. Or if you've had these great experiences, you've traveled the world or you you've met people and it was just like an awesome time. Um, it's gonna be a different way that you interact with the world. Um, but it's hard to know because I don't really know what their perspectives or their their experiences were fully. Um, but there's definitely just like an energy you can feel like this, like openness. There's this one guy, oh man, it's episode five that's coming out. It's like my favorite, uh, one in the trip. So we were in Alabama, we were knocking on doors, asking people to sleep in their home. (laughs) And, uh, we walk up to this one house, knock on the door. He comes out and he's like, you two, uh, you two pedos. (laughs) We're like, no, he's like, good. Cause I am. Come on in. (laughs) So then, like, we go in, we meet this dude. He's just, like, the funniest dude ever. And he lets us stay at his house for, like, two days. He literally became, like, kind of like an uncle to me, to be honest. Like, genuinely. And, like, we stayed with with him for two days. We just went down and visited him recently, and we stayed with him again for two days. Went to um, Mardi Gras. In, so Mobile is actually apparently, like, the, the birthplace of Mardi Gras. It was, like, the first Mardi Gras in, like, America, or in the States. And um, they have a really awesome celebration down there, too. We went there, stayed with them for like two days. Um, they took or three days and they took us to a Mardi Gras ball and everything. Um, and then when we were leaving, we went to the wife's work. She worked at this bakery and we go in and she's like, these are my two adopted sons, like Liam and Brad. And as we're leaving, she like starts crying. She's like really sad that we were, we were gone. And just like seeing how, like, I don't know, man, just like the, the, the difference between them and like other people on the trip and just like how open and loving and just fun they were and just how deep of the connection that was made from that. I don't know. It's, it's awesome. And just like, for me, it was really special because like, I don't have any aunts and uncles in my life. So now I can call up Wade and be like, yo, uncle Wade, what's up? And it's really, it's like a, yeah, really, really cool thing. I like to say that wisdom is just more perspectives mm. and you have gotten so many different perspectives just by virtue of being curious enough to ask for them mm. and that is a, a remarkable gift and that is an incredible thing to to have is like the curiosity and the willingness to act on that curiosity mm. I, I don't think you should discount it and I, i'm sure you don't but it's just like i really want to highlight it because if more people seeked more perspectives we'd live in a world full of more love mm. yeah yeah I, I think that's what i want the the channel be it's not the channel's not really about me like there's a part of it that like i want it to like show through my journey like me eventually getting to a place where i, I feel like i'm really connected with myself and i've healed a lot of the traumas that i've been through 
so I can document that process so that people can be like, damn, like I can, I can do that too. Um, I love the channel to be about that, but really the channel is about the other people. Like all this story is really driven by the people that we meet. Um, and just like leading that curiosity and what can come from genuine connections. And I, I just love that. Just seeing like what happens from that, whether it's knocking on a stranger's door, or like Jaren getting a stranger's face tattooed on you. Tell the story of the tattoo. On, um, on your- yeah. So there's a tattoo. You can't see it. We'll flash yeah. it on the screen. Um, Video King Pablo flash that on. Yeah. <laughs> For those listening, the idea, go to YouTube. Yeah. Or, or yeah. Yeah. Go to YouTube or something. Um, the idea was basically like, I'd seen like other people were like getting matching tattoos with strangers. Like that's kind of fun. Like that's a fun idea. Just like a little like, experience. You have this like thing that's permanently on your body and it's with a complete stranger. Like we have, um, I have this like 72 tattoo here that we got in Kingston and there was this random guy. We were like, I think I was like 20 at this point. We were drinking at the bar and this tattoo truck came downtown and it was tattooing a bunch. Of, I don't even think that's legal, but they were tattooing a bunch of drunk people until like three in the morning. And uh, me and my buddies all, my we odds my buddy, you know odds? Like what are the odds you do this? Explain odds for people who don't know. So basically odds is this game where basically if you have like, a, it's like a, a, a fun way of doing a dare. So we're like, what are the odds that you go get a tattoo at this truck? And he's like, one in a hundred. And it's like, all right, three, two, one, 72. We, they both said 72. And then he's like, oh, fuck, like, what do I go get a tattoo of? I'm like, I don't know, just go get like a 72 or something. So he goes and gets it. This is at like 12 o'clock and then it's like 1.30 and we're all like, we're all pretty messed up at that point. And I was like, what are the odds we all get it? And my one buddy was just like, fuck it, I'll do it. And he just like went over and got it. And then it was like, okay, one after another, we just kind of like went, I got it the third one somebody else got it after me and then all the friends who were like a little bit hesitant started to get them like my one friend was like i'm never getting a tattoo like not a chance and then he was like ah fuck it like yeah i'm getting it how many people ended up getting it was six and then i think six and then there was one random dude from new york he was in the military he was out there just laughing his ass off at us like getting these tattoos and i was like what are the odds you get it with us and he's like one out of three (laughs) like three two one three He's like, all right. And he like went and got it. I have no idea what this guy's name is. No idea anything about him. He's just a complete like mystery to me. But he has a 72 on his rib. Uh, we have no idea where he is. But all the, the only clue I know is that he's, he was either from New York, he was in New York, and he was in the military. Yeah, we need to find this man. Dude, that would be interesting. I'd love to find we this We got to clip this yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and send it out there. Dude, Dude like, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine if we found him? based on this clip yeah yeah (laughs) but basically like yeah i love those stories i love stuff like that um and i saw other people doing videos about it and i was like okay like what if i I like to try to like add my own twist to things if i can um so it's like what could make this even more extreme like what would be like something huge like a huge commitment that a stranger would do with another stranger it's like could i convince somebody to get my fucking face tattooed on their body and i'll get theirs just like so extreme, but is it possible? And can we make a genuine friendship out of it? So I just walked around Vancouver and we lived by the beach and it's like Kitsilano Beach. Walked around, asked one guy, he was like, no, found the second guy. And he's like, it was around COVID times. So everyone's like wearing masks and stuff. And um, he's like, can I see your face? And I was like, yeah. And I pulled down the face and he's like, all right, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> and then uh, we got the tattoo or well, basically the idea was like, yeah, we wanted to, actually make a genuine connection before we did this so we invited him over for a bonfire and we were like let's share with each other like the thing that we love the most 
and I loved paintball, so I brought him paintballing with me. And he loved, um, uh, he's trying to get into the UFC. Uh, so he was like, I'll come, like, come do a roll around with me. So we went over to the, the, the gym, did a little like wrestling and stuff, did some boxing and everything. He tossed me around like I was a little fucking kitten. <laughs> just getting rocked. Um, and then we went and got, got the tattoo. Insane. Yeah. And now he's like a, he's like a pretty good, I haven't talked to him in a while. I actually got to reach out to him, but like I went through like a really big, uh, really, really tough breakup. And, uh, like he was helping me through that. Like we would talk and stuff. Like we were actually like, like pretty close. He's a really good dude. Wow. Yeah. But I do, I need to reach out to them cause it's, it's been like a good couple months that I haven't said anything. So I gotta, actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send him a message after this. Yeah. It's a good reminder too, but that, that's pretty wild. What comes out for me is like, how do we create more serendipity in our own lives? And what do you mean? How do we create more random connections? I don't know. I think like curiosity is a big one. Like for example, I'll, I'll use another video as an example. Like we were in Mexico and uh, we went to the Lucha Libre, the Mexican wrestling. You go there and there's always, you're going to have the curiosity. Like who are these guys? They're wearing these masks. Like what, what are these guys like? What if you leaned into that a little bit? Where would that lead you? And that was the question of the video. So we went to the show and we were like, I want to know more about these guys. So after the show, we stuck around. We started like with my broken uh, Spanish. I started asking like, hey, like uh, are any of the wrestlers still around? Like, can we talk to them? Um, and they were like saying yes, saying no. And like nothing really happened. Um, and we're like, oh, man, like, I don't know what else to do. So we started just like, we needed to show them that we were there and we were serious. So like everyone's like, like the workers are all putting chairs away. So like we started to help putting the chairs away. It's like, we're not just like here to just, have like a quick conversation, be like, take a picture. It's like, we're, we're here for something. Um, and then the mask maker saw us and he came over and he's like, Hey, you guys want to see the mask shop? And we were like, yeah. And then we asked him like, like, do you think we could like train with the wrestlers at all? Um, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, come to the mask shop. So we go to the mask shop. We start to explore that world a little bit. Um, and then he's like, you should go to the training on Tuesday at like seven or whatever. So we went, we showed up. And he wasn't even there. Like he, we thought he was going to be there. He wasn't there. We brought my Spanish teacher, Kike, and he like came and helped us like translate and stuff. And then we just like, we trained with them. Um, but then one of the other like tools or something is like, you really have to show that like you're there. Like we're, we're doing sure this video and everything, but like we were, we put our all into the training. Like we were, we really wanted to be a part of it. And then we showed up again, like consistency. So we came back the next week and we went to the training again. And then we came back the next week and we came to the training again. So now they've built this, like we've established this connection with them, right? Familiarity breeds trust. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, let's take them to share something with us and experience. So I brought them paintballing. <laughs> I've noticed you comment theme. Dude, I love paintball, man. Um, brought them paintballing and then we wanted to get a little deeper. So we asked the main trainer, could we come to your house for dinner? I love that question. Just being like, hey, I'd love to have dinner with you sometime. Like there was another time where we were, I was in Mexico. That's not a question. I'd love to have dinner with you. Or like, can we have dinner with you? Yeah, yeah, sorry. That was a statement. But um, yeah, can can we have dinner with you? There was, um, this isn't even for videos and stuff. Like somebody was walking up the stairs and there was a nice like sunset happening. It's just like, hola, como estas? And then it's like, hello, how are you? Um, And we had a little conversation. She tells us that there was a, she has a house like nearby and she has a family of like 30 people. And we're like, Dude, I would love to come by and have dinner with you. And she's like, yes, of course. And she like gives us her number and everything. 
same thing happens with this like pizza joint that I would go to every day. And I was just like, I'd love to have dinner like with you guys. Like, is, would you guys be down like interested in just like connecting sometime? Yeah. So I went over to the family's house at the pizza joint and wow. like connected with them. Um, so that is like, yeah, a really interesting way, just being curious. And, and the other one I, I guess I would say is like the ask, just ask. Like if you're interested and you want to make that connection, just ask. Say you want to hang out. Say you want to want to do something. That's been like the the one of the biggest ones for sure too. Yeah, most people don't ask. Yeah, you mentioned your Spanish teacher before. What happened on the seventeenth or eighteenth day when mm. your Spanish oh. teacher told you something? Yeah, yeah. I um, that was another one where I was just in it. I was in it, man. The 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 anxiety and the one where that part, right? Yeah. Um, you have a panic attack or? Yeah, I was just so lost. I, I, I was putting so much pressure on trying to learn Spanish. And uh, that's funny because it's just like another lesson that's coming back to me. It's like, I, I, I just like, Brad, listen to the lessons that you're getting. Um, it takes us. It takes us time. It does. It does. And that's okay. Yeah. There, there's an idea that I, I have where it's like, we can take in a lot of knowledge and it's like, you know, smoking's bad, but you're not going to quit, but you don't actually know it. There's the awareness that it's bad, but you don't know it's bad. Yes. And until you have like your uncle has a spot on his lung and you're like, oh, well, this is real. Or you go to the doctor and it's like, oh, I, my, I have lung cancer. This is really bad. I really understand the truth of, of that statement. Um, and I think that's, that's something within just learning lessons in general. It's like, you get it logically. You're like, I get it, but you don't know it. And I think that's where a lot of the learnings that I still have to go through is really integrating it and becoming to like know the lesson. Um, but yeah, that one, he basically was like, um, I was really stressed. It was day 17. I wasn't going to talk to people. Like I, I, I went down there to try to connect with strangers with a new language and, and just push myself out of my comfort zone and try. And um, I just couldn't do it. I was so scared. I was trying to make everything so perfect and like understand everything. I would sit at home and like study, 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 but then I wasn't taking in any information because I was just going all over the place. And he was like, um, like you need to learn to let go of control. You need to just slow down and just like enjoy. I don't, I can't remember the exact thing he said, um, but it was like, just like stop, stop trying to make it so perfect. Just sit down and just enjoy, like, like go for a walk, say hello to somebody. And then as soon as I shifted that and basically I put down a list of questions on a journal and I had like all the translations and everything. And I just went out and I practiced those like 10, 15 questions. And then that slowly just started to like make it a little bit more fun. And I was getting like, I still really didn't understand what they were saying, but eventually I started to kind of get it and it became more fun. I wasn't trying to make it perfect. I just, I was like, fuck it. I just need to try. And uh, that like changed everything. The actual quote from your Spanish teacher is, I don't think you're here to learn Spanish. Mm. I think you're here to learn to let go. Yeah. That is powerful, man. Dude, it was. Yeah. And I still am battling with that. Like I, yeah, I, I really have like a grip on trying to control um, and let go and, and just trust in the universe or God or whatever it is in, in life. Um, it's It's tough for me to, to let go of that. Have you read The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer? No, but I did read The Untethered Soul. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend mm -hmm. The Surrender Experiment. I think, again, it brings up something because this is something I fall into where I 
consume way too much shit. Understood. And there was a there was a quote by somebody. It's like, um, I don't know the exact quote is, but like if you take in a bunch of knowledge, you'll become a fool. But if you take in a bunch of knowledge and turn it into action, you become wise. And the action part is the thing that is missing from me. And I think it's missing from a lot of people is like, um, like I think from now on for this year, I'm going to take a couple books that I, I like. If I feel something like I'm really inspired by it, I'm doing, I'm working through this book. I'm going to start journaling about it. I'm going to read it multiple times. I'm going to take the lessons and like break them down and like put them into action steps in my life. And I'm only going to pick like three books and then I'm not going to do anything else. No more podcasts, nothing because I'm taking in all this information but I'm not putting it into action because it's like, it feels good when you're you're reading that next book and then listen to that next podcast. It, like, it almost makes you feel like you've, you've done it in a way. It's like, oh yeah, I got the lesson. Like, okay, I get it. But you don't get it. I don't get it. And I think for me, at least, I'm definitely going to like pick my three things and then work on it. Love that. What are the three books? I don't know yet. I think I'm going to do, um, um, I don't know. I got to figure that out yet. I, I'm, I'm reading a couple books right now. Um, and I think I'm going to read probably six of these books, figure out which one I felt like the best with, and then just go back to those and then pick those three. I'm, I'm curious. I'm reading one right now. There's, it's like a book, literally how to love yourself. Uh, you know, Teal Swan? No. No? She's a interesting, uh, person, got a good mind. Um, but I've been really actually enjoying that book. It's got a lot of like workable lessons and like action points in it. I think that might be one of the ones that I, I go back to because I think that's something I really struggle with is just like really loving myself and connecting myself and finding out just like who I am. Um, and that one had a lot of really good like action points in it. So I think I'm going to go back to that. It's a long one though. It's like 400 pages or something. Oh, wow. Um, and then I don't know, I'll figure out the, the rest after that. Well, a short resource on loving yourself that changed my life is love yourself like your life depends on it by Kamal Ravikant. So if anyone is seeking a shorter book that I think you could get through it in like a day. Okay. It has great actual practices as mm. well. I highly recommend it. Maybe I'll check out that one. It might be a little easier than <laughs> through 400 pages. Yeah. I mean, I would write down every single day. I yeah. love myself. I love myself. Saying it to myself in the mirror. Like, can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I love myself? Well, there, so there's an interesting thing that she says in the book, actually, that um, it's not usually the most beneficial to do that because if you don't fully believe it, it makes you feel like you're lying to yourself. So you actually have to start on a simpler level. Take things that you do genuinely agree with. Yeah. You do genuinely love. So it's like, I love my curiosity in people. I believe that. But if you start to to focus on the things that you tr you do believe, eventually you'll get to the point where you can say, I love you, myself and you believe it. Yeah. But when you try to do these things, like these affirmations, it actually puts people back more than it does help them because you, you, you genuinely feel like, gross it's like i don't love myself interesting why am i saying this yeah you don't want to lie to yourself you want to do things that are true and then slowly build up that part of you yeah well in the program i just gave an awful description of what it actually is yeah like. okay yeah, yeah. i'm just giving you the last thing the yeah, last yeah. step of it yeah yeah but yeah it, like, did it work for you to saying that i'm one thousand percent really interesting one thousand yeah. percent and i go to bed sometimes yeah and i just say i love myself and that puts me to sleep did you have that aspect where you felt like you were lying to yourself I didn't love myself when I started it Yeah, in March of 2020. Yeah. And I couldn't do what I said I was going to do. And I just didn't like have any feeling of yeah love for myself. I wouldn't even resonate with that at all Yeah, ever in my life really. Yeah. And then I did the practice and it actually changed my life. Okay. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. And now it's like Kamal's a friend, like yeah. the guy who wrote the book that one of the, oh, really? changed my life. Wow. Like, what is going on? That's cool. He came on the podcast and was just like, wow. That's you know? awesome. So it's like, you could see the circle of life. Yeah. And that I think is what growth is, is like you see the circle of life clearer. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Do you resonate with that? Yeah. Yeah. Explain that a little bit more though. Like what, what, let's go yeah, deeper into that. Yeah. So it's like, I feel as if from growing, what ends up happening is almost like the people that I look up to are now friends mm. or the people who have helped me, like the teachers have become like closer to me in mm. a sense of like actual, like, for example, like I started fitness, my like lifting weights five years ago with this trainer, Mike Vacanti, who's like an incredible human being. Mm. And now he's a friend and like text me about the podcast and we text all the time and like that only happens through growth. Mm. And so the full circle of Mike Vacanti becoming a friend to me is like, well, at one point he was a mentor. Now he's a friend and like, I'm a mentor to him in some ways, like in the podcast realm, mm. like he asked me questions and I'm, and he's a mentor to me in like life. And so like, yeah, it, that's really what I mean. Yeah. That's like a tangible example. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's important to, like, also before not I I, I want to address like because uh, it's something I'm trying to do in my own life, but like not trying to shut down what you were saying about no, no, the no. I I love myself, I love myself. It just that sparked yeah. that thought, and then good. I love the pushback. <clears throat> yeah, um, the fr- mentors to friends and stuff. There's this idea that um, Eric Godsey, do you know him? No, no, he's a really cool dude. Um, I did this like course with him. He was kind of like a mentor through that course, I guess. Um, and he was talking about, I'm going to butcher it, but it's this idea where we, we put these mentors on a pedestal and then realistically, like we feel that, con- oh, man, I, I'm going to butcher it. Look it up yourself after when he, when he, what he talks about. Yeah. Um, but it's like, we, we put them on this pedestal and then really what that's saying is like, that's like what I want to become but it, we separate ourselves from them and it's like um it makes us feel like we're we're not good enough like we'll never be able to get there but it's just it's just like that signal to be like yeah that's the thing that i want to do and that i can do within myself so it's like go do that don't just look up to this person as being your mentor um like go do it it's calling you to do it um and then when you are putting in that work like you were doing the work you're becoming like doing fitness and everything mm-hmm. um then you're on the same level in a way because you're doing it yeah well, and then the, you can you can connect with them a lot more. Exactly, and the reason why I specifically reached out and saw Mike as a mentor in that way was because he had a body that I felt like I could attain, like he's similar height, mm. and like I was like, all right, if I put in work, I actually believe that this could be the outcome. So I'm therefore I'm going to trust him. Mm. I didn't look at him and be like, I could never achieve that. Like, I looked at him like that's a human being, and it's a human being with a similar build as me. So like, let's just follow whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that's so important to have that that mindset, and that is something I really want to instill in the channel. Is like, I don't ever want this channel to become like the the goal is that it's never going to be like this lifestyle channel, like a David Dobrik or like anyone who's like we've got a lot of money, we can do all these fun things. It's like every experience that comes through Discover Connection comes through human connection. So it's you can do any of it the entire time. It's achievable for anyone. Doesn't matter who you are. You can do it. And I want it to be like super relatable. And then like just inspire people to go out and do it. Because ideally too, like 
realistically, if I'm if I'm doing my job right, you're not going to want to subscribe to the channel. You're going to want to unsubscribe. I'm going to have inspired you so much that you're going to get off the computer and you're going to live in the real world. Because we don't, what we're actually looking for is community. We're looking for those in-person connections and we're going through it like through the internet because it is easy. It's giving us somewhat of a similar feeling, but it's not what we're actually looking for. That's why we're constantly scrolling, constantly looking for the next thing. And it's like, you need to go live this yourself. Don't live vicariously through me. Take this, learn from it, try something and go and do it in your own life. And don't try to have like a community like with Discovery Connection. It's like, I, 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 I love that and I appreciate it, but like build your own. Go build your own. You're going to be 10 times happier than like living through some online community. I like to end these podcasts with challenges for mm-hmm. people because I want someone to take the stuff that they learned in this episode mm-hmm. and actually do something with it from their real life. And so that's why I think we resonate so deeply mm-hmm. because it's not just about listening to something online or connecting with people online. That is important and that could be cool and that there's a huge benefit to that. Yeah. But take that. And, and then turn it to action. Turn it to action. Yeah. So on that note, do you have a challenge we can leave people with? Yeah. I mean, to like do something very simple on a safe note, um, just go to a neighbor's house and ask to have dinner with them. 90% of people don't even know their neighbors. Just go to somebody that you don't know in your neighborhood, your apartment, knock on their door, slide a little letter under their, their door if you're in like an apartment or something, and just invite them to have dinner. Dude, that I've... How many episodes have I asked challenges of people? Probably hundreds. Yeah. Never heard that one before. Mm. And that is a tremendous challenge. Yeah. Thank you so much for... Dude, thank you. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for like what, how you show up in the world. You do. You have a lot to be proud of, man. And I'm I'm proud that you are part of this podcast and that you you are a guest because... Thank you, man. You're you're the man. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. And likewise to yourself, man. This is, this is a great podcast. And you're a great person. I hope that we actually like connect after this again. We will. Let's yeah. go to dinner, bro. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So, where can we send people to connect with you further? Uh, I mean, really, the only place I really use is YouTube. I don't really use a lot of other social media. Um, but if you want to like send me a message or something, um, you can send it on Instagram. If I I don't really check it a lot, but uh, sometimes I do. You I have try. a second phone, right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty wild can you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean for me like i just know that i have a problem i don't I don't get addicted to drugs i don't really i don't do drugs at all or anything i don't drink um i partied a lot in high school and college but i just i don't really have any desire for it anymore and i never had that addictive personality to it but for me when i'm avoiding my own issues it's social media um so i need to cut that from my life because that's taking away from me being able to actually make genuine connections in my life. I want to take those three, four hours a day and I'm going to put that into like making more connections um, or putting a little bit more into work so I can build that foundation for myself. Um, so yeah, I, I needed to find a way to cut it out. So I got a second phone. I actually got a second laptop, um, just an old 2017 like MacBook Air and it has all of like the YouTube and everything that can go on it. But my work laptop, everything's blocked. I can't go on anything. I can edit and I can use Google, but if I type in YouTube or Facebook or whatever it is, it's like, nah, it's blocked, can't go on it. Um, and then my phone also is the same thing. And I have another, so the, the second phone and second laptop are just in my closet. And then when I need to use it for work or I need to message somebody or I want to check the messages, 
I'll go in and grab it and uh, and then yeah, use it. Is that something you'd recommend to other creators as well? Um, if you have a problem with it, I think it's a really good strategy. It's going to be tough at first because you, you, you will break the habit just like you have that 15 minute timer on your phone. But eventually if you really commit to it, it will become like a, I believe it'll become like a really awesome tool for you to, to separate that. And you make the conscious choice to like go on and go onto social media. Um, for me, it's helped a lot. I think it could help a lot of people. And like, if you don't need anything crazy, just get like a really cheap phone. They can use social media. And then a really cheap computer that can use the internet, and then you're good. I love it. Well, it's yeah. a, a great suggestion, and I'm grateful that you are. You're. It's thoughtful. It's, it's about being thoughtful about how you're interacting and showing up in the world, and using a little more awareness. So, mm-hmm. you brought such a lot for me to think about. I'm so excited to edit this episode now and <laughs> to think about it and to go back. I hope it all made it. sense. <laughs> it made sense, and it, and the reason why it made sense is because it came from the heart, and mm-hmm. it came from your ability to sit with yourself. And so thank you, man, for for showing up like you do. Dude, thank you. Hell of an episode.